Three, two, one, clap. That should be good enough. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Michael, Michael and the Bear. I'm JJ. And I'm here. I'm here with my co-host Michael, and we're here to talk about cryptocurrency and like other things that are important in life too. We know we still don't know how to start this show. We don't know. We don't know. And that's well, okay. That's I'm always okay. like, I'm always like, is the music still playing? Is what's going on? This time, but, if, you, if you notice, we both took this big inhale and we're like, we we held our breath. We're waiting for the other person to start. We're like, <laughs> and then we start. Okay. Well, first of all, we we start this show by clapping, right? Because yeah. we have to sing, sing the sounds. So we go, all right, ready? Uh, clap. And we go, no, that one wasn't any good. Start uh, clap again. So every time we we start the show, we start it with clapping, and then not knowing how it's going to start until <laughs> we start of laughing. laughing. So that's yeah. good, though, right? Lots of laughing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's funny to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're the only people laughing here. Um, okay, so this week we I wanted to talk about two things. Um, the first one is adoption, and the just the kind of failure that I feel that people are. The, the approach people are taking to getting mass adoption. And, and the way to get mass adoption is to start having companies accept crypto. So like if, if the purpose of crypto is to be a currency, companies have to accept crypto for it to actually work as currency. If no companies accept crypto, then... Then it's a store of value. It's a store of value and it's not a currency. So, and, I, and honestly, I don't think Bitcoin is a currency anymore. I think it's a store of value. Ethereum isn't, it could be a currency, but it's not being used as a currency really anywhere outside of um, ICOs. So, and, and my issue with Nano is I don't like pre-mines because with mining, people can actually say, I'm going to go mine that coin and then go use that coin. So I'm going to invest in it. Like I'm gonna invest my time and energy into mining this thing with with my computer and with my electricity and all that, and it's kind of fun. And you know, I'm gonna geek out a little bit, or I'm gonna buy a miner, or this or that. And it's like it really encourages people to get involved and learn about it and grow with the community and and really kind of invest in in this idea of a new thing. Of like, you know, people would go out and mine gold, and like, you know, they took it. it they really invested their time, energy, livelihood in this new endeavor. And without people mining, no one's really doing that. What they're asking me to do is take my credit card, go buy something, take that thing that I just bought, and then go use that to buy something else. That's true. And yeah, it's there's not fucking re- idiotic. Like <laughs> the, people don't really think about that, but like uh, the the beginning of Bitcoin was a bunch of people, a bunch of geeks with their computers trying to figure out how to make it make it happen yeah. how to get it themselves and when you don't have when you don't have a mining process it's just kind of like where is the community besides people who just want to become rich exactly which is, that's that's just a terrible community and, and ever so was one. and the way to have a currency actually be successful is to make it as stable as possible because if if it's completely unstable if it's if it's it has massive swings like what we're seeing with Bitcoin and with all the other altcoins, then no one is going to want to use it. It's like what I said when we talked about last week, like with the comic book. Like, why would you why would you buy a car with a, with a valuable comic book when you know 10 years from now the comic book is probably going to be worth like 10 times as much? Like, it's yeah, just, I think, why would yeah. you do that? That's just not smart. I, that's just not smart investing. 
Yeah. I mean, nobody is going to want to own something that goes up and down in value like that. I mean, you and I, I think, disagree on how that's going to happen in the future or, or, or how that's going to happen to cryptocurrency because, you know, it's not I don't think that's something that you can just force. I don't think you can force a cryptocurrency to just be stable. It just doesn't seem to work. I, I, I absolutely disagree. I think I think economics shows us how by taking account into uh, inflation, having just like a modicum of inflation and and having the growth match uh it's just kind of guessing and and adjusting but if there's always a little bit of inflation taken into account for a a a project of people losing their accounts or this or that it's gonna stabilize the price as much and when people like so so you know my project that i want to pitch to somebody um it, it took uh, Jackson Palmer's idea of having random awards in the blocks. So you can't speculate. I mean, you can speculate, but you can't. Like with with Bitcoin, we know exactly twenty one million minus all the stuff we've lost. Well, people have lost over the years, and so you know that it's never going to go above that. So it's only going to get more value. But when you when you don't know how much more is going to be created, I think there's a lot less speculation of wild swings. Of you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see Stellar having as much mass um, up and down swings as a token that has inflation taken into account as something like Bitcoin that is a fixed pre- a fixed amount and it was never going to go up. You know, and there's never going to be more than that. So I think that takes into account um, the wild swings and kind of like evens it out just a little bit more. I mean, you're never going to have anything perfectly even. Like the U.S. dollar is still up and down a lot. Like so, it's never going to be perfect, but I think you can you can use tools to try to keep it as level as possible. But mainly, the thing with adoption is so, and I made this analogy before we started recording. So Toyota does not make tires, Honda does not make tires, Ford does not make tires, Mitsubishi does not make tires. Like none of these car companies make tires. They create the engine. They create you know they don't make the gasoline they they make the physical part and then all the stuff that that needs to be replaced over time they let other people do that for the most part the you know, expendables yeah the expendables, for the most part so it's like why focus on all these little extra things and you know let another third party company that can just just focus on tires and science behind it and and all the R&D involved in making tires which is one of the most important uh, parts of your car in terms of safety, let somebody else do that. And so the idea that like Bitcoin, which is a couple coders, ultimately, that they're trying to figure out how to get people to, how to get people to um, accept cryptocurrency in businesses is ludicrous. These guys are not salesmen. They're not... Um, you know, HR people, they're not like, that's not their forte. Their forte is making sure the code runs smooth. And so let somebody like Pundi X, you know, with their sales team, go out and get them to and and convince companies to accept cryptocurrency and then try to get your coin on Pundi X. So, and so like, let salespeople focus on the sales. I don't want some nerd who can barely even, you know, communicate with me about, Bitcoin try to convince uh, okay. some manager at a pizza shop to accept cryptocurrency. So, so what is Pundix? Pundix is is uh, kind of like Stellar in the sense of it's an intermediary. 
and they accept other tokens to run on their blockchain so people can accept the multiple currencies through PundX. So the, the, they're kind of like a point of sale okay. um, device. So for somebody who doesn't know what any of that stuff means. Okay, so like uh, your credit card company, when, when you go in, Trader Joe's doesn't, like Visa doesn't make the swiping machine that accepts your credit card. Visa doesn't do that. It's some third-party company. Like Trader Joe's doesn't make that machine. Okay. I think Visa that, doesn't make that machine. That's a, a third-party third party company makes that machine and then sells it to Trader Joe's and says, hey, our, th- our third company credit card reader is really good. It'll be really fast. You can, you know, the chip's good or whatever. And then, you know, people haggle over trying to get their machine in there because they get a tiny cut of that, of so the sale. I, I think that, okay, so I under, I, I agree that, that the specialists should be in charge of doing what they specialize in, but, uh, I think that it's weird to compare Bitcoin to a car company and, and the, and, and well, compare it to Visa then compare it to Visa and Trader yeah. Joe's. I so, think so. So, so, so I think Visa even, isn't going out there and no, saying, "Hold on." So, I think even with the Visa e- example, I think, I think that I think that we will eventually get a Visa for Bitcoin. I think we will eventually get third parties that go, "Okay, it's it's in our interest to be able to do that to offer this service to businesses and to the people who own Bitcoin." But the Bitcoin doesn't have infrastructure like that. It doesn't have a marketing team behind it. It doesn't have people who are trying to promote it in that way other than the people who own it. And that's that's my, that's that, my point. And, and and that's that's one of our criticisms of Bitcoin Cash is that, that oh they've got a team that's trying to promote it and that's uh that you know I think I think one of the things I like about cryptocurrencies is that they're not trying to do that. They're not they're not trying try to hire third parties because there's no one to do the hiring. They're not they're not businesses. Now the now the the ICOs and those those application cryptocurrencies, those are absolutely businesses that 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 need to be run that way. And I'm sure they will be in the future. But I don't know about Bitcoin. I don't know about the true currencies. Um, no, no, this is my point. I'm mm-hmm. saying is like we don't want Bitcoin to do that because that's not what Bitcoin's good at. Right. So, so okay. So, perfect example. So, Dave Levine. Well, Bitcoin a, doesn't do that right now. <clears throat> he's yeah. a YouTuber. Not, I don't even think it's trying to. I'm not saying it is. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that's the point, though. We don't have anybody doing, that, and they shouldn't be doing that. I'm not saying my complaint isn't that they're not doing it. My complaint right. is why would so okay so so this is it. So, Dave Levine, YouTuber, owns a owns an online business, and and we were talking, and he's like. Um, I want to, and I was like, you know, I had this idea, uh, me and JJ had this idea a while back to like figure out um, an infrastructure to allow anybody to have a wallet in the cloud for anything you want. And it would, and it would be updated by the developers there. And so you don't have to worry about like downloads and doing that and having it on your computer because peop- a lot of people don't have computers. And so like if, if 50% of the world doesn't have a computer, how can they have like 17 wallets on their phone? And so if you could just have it all in the cloud, we're like, that'd be great. And he goes, and so Dave Levine was like, um, no, I only, I'm only going to accept Bitcoin. And I'm, I'm working with my developers to figure out how to accept Bitcoin through the Lightning Network. And I was like, okay, so you're going to, 
you're going to spend what, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on your developers to accept Bitcoin, betting that Bitcoin's going to win, versus something like PundiX, which you come in and you and PundiX has a team that works with your developers and says, here's our point of sale device, here's how it works, blah blah, and now you can accept fifty different cryptocurrencies because we already have 50 that, that we're working with. And that way you don't have to pick which one's gonna win, whether it be Bitcoin or Litecoin or Nano or this or that. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry about that. That'll all work itself out. You just have to make sure that you accept cryptocurrency. So my, my problem is stop focusing on accepting the one that's gonna win and just, just convince people to accept cryptocurrency. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's what, that's what oh, some of those debit cards, you know, like uh, Monaco and 10X. I mean, I know that they have their own flagship cryptos, but I think those are cards that you can you can use any cryptocurrency with. Isn't that right? I don't know because I've never used one before. I think that 10X, doesn't, 10X doesn't work right now in America, I don't think. Not in America, no, but it's never worked in America. But like a yeah. shift card, for instance, like that you can assign whatever cryptocurrency you want to it, I think. Yeah, but um, I mean, and like Square's doing it right now. You can buy, you can buy uh, Bitcoin through Square, or uh, sorry, through, through, through the Cash App, mm-hmm. and you can use it wherever somebody accepts it. But that's another one where it's just like, okay, well, what if nobody ends up accepting Bitcoin and it only becomes a store of value? Now I've got Bitcoin on my Cash App, and I can't send it off to another wallet. I can only pay somebody with it. The only reason I can think of why you wouldn't want to do that is because then if you end up with a bunch of, you got to keep track of so many more things. If you you end up with a bunch of people paying in different ways, it's got to be converted into Bitcoin or what you're going to accept in the end, probably cash. But that, but that's for the third party to figure that out for you. So like honey miner right now, Uh honey miner lets you, so honey miner, Start you start running on your computer. I haven't used it because I have a Mac, but so Honey Miner mines whatever is the lowest energy coin for you to mine at that moment. So it mines it for you, it converts it to Bitcoin, and it pays you in Bitcoin. And it just takes a small percentage, yeah. Or something so, but you could be mining uh, like a hundred different coins in a month, and it converts everything to Bitcoin for you, and then it pays you in Bitcoin. Well, that's a great service. I mean, that's obviously in demand, and so something like PundiX would obviously be in demand. I think. I think. I mean, I think we're in agreement that these Bitcoin maximalists are kind of. I don't know. I don't know what they see in Bitcoin as the sole solution to future internet money. It just. It seems kind of crazy to me when there are so many options available and so many things that. I mean, we're solving so many problems with cryptocurrency to say, like, to say, I don't believe in solving those problems. I just believe in this thing. <laughs> it's this, it's it ridiculous. Seems, it's absolutely it ridiculous. And, yeah, it, and I, that's why I think it's a cartel, because it's like, the, you know, they, they've, it's in their best interest to increase um, the Bitcoin percentage versus all coins, which is it's over 50% now. Um, that makes sense. What's that? I didn't say that right. We also have... You know what I'm talking we, about? No. We uh, why, am I, why am I blanking on whatever? On, coin, on coin, market, uh, coin market Central, it tells you that Bitcoin is... So uh, 
50 over 50 percent of the market is bitcoin oh right bitcoin now. dominance is what you dominance yeah, thank you coin Christ, scott cap, i'm right. getting old i can't remember bitcoin. like one, one little word and it like stops the whole That's, damn podcast well, no it's it's been like eight months since bitcoin was at 50 percent dominance so you probably wouldn't remember if, <laughs> so it was a long time ago um uh, yeah i mean yeah well you know talking about I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think for Bitcoin maximalists, we call them maximalists. Those are people who don't believe in the altcoins. They just believe in Bitcoin. I think it's it's yeah. easier if you're somebody who has invested in Bitcoin before all these altcoins came along because I'm sure the altcoins looked like scams at first. I mean, people thought Ethereum was a scam at first. It was a teenager from russia or from canada or yeah, wherever he's from yeah. who wore like <laughs> unicorns on his shirt who said like i'm gonna build a world supercomputer give me all your bitcoin in order to do that that's what he said and some people yeah. were like okay and then the, 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 the people who who were all about bitcoin were like don't trust that fucker <laughs> he's gonna take yeah. all your money and not only that but his plan sucks because he's gonna take all your money he's gonna give it to all these other shitty companies and yeah. like you know he, that thing he did but um well he made it he made it he yeah. So Ethereum, the he had the last. What lap, I'm, what I'm, I mean, what I'm talking about. He, he is, made something amazing. What I'm talking about is, is one of the, one of the most important altcoins today, gave way to so many scams and so many problems in, in cryptocurrency. So many Twitter bots. Oh yeah, just <laughs> about giving it away. So many, just it, he just opened up a Pandora's box of problems in, in crypto, but also, also opened up a box of wonderful things that we like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and that, and that goes back to our unintended consequences. I mean, that's like who I'm sure every I'm sure anybody with half a brain would have thought like this. This is not going to be good. Unregulated. Essentially IPOs that you don't own, own any stake in the company. Like what could yeah, go wrong? Really? Oh, man, that just sounds like a nightmare. But, I mean, you know, it gave us it gave us some good stuff. But then again, it gave us some really shitty stuff like Augur, where apparently like 50 people are using Augur right now, I heard. 50. 50? 50. 50 people are using Augur. And it had like how many billions of dollars during their ICO that went into it or, or hundreds of millions. And it's like, and 50 people are using it. Yeah, well, we, just like, I'm afraid oof. we haven't even seen the, the, the bottom of this barrel yet. Yeah. I mean EOS EOS is another perfect example. It's like hopefully they have they have much money they can just pay people to use EOS and to build stuff on EOS, but like I wouldn't be surprised. <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of rise from the ashes somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Just because it's, there's so much there's so much support for that that coin even if it's even if it seems like it's been a disaster this summer. Yeah. Just like Tron, it's one of those things where it's like I just wouldn't be surprised if they pull something off. Maybe because they have so much money, but and that's another thing. It's like, man, well, if a coin has this much money and we talk to them about, uh, as if they're an entity that has cash to throw around to make their system work, it's like there's something inherently wrong with that. That goes against what we love about crypto, what we love about Bitcoin and Litecoin and and Ethereum. It's like, yeah, I. These organizations shouldn't be rich. I mean, I guess the Ethereum Foundation has a lot of money to to help people develop their ICOs and help promote Ethereum when they need to or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, these things shouldn't. I don't like it when we start talking about about altcoins and cryptocurrencies as if they're businesses that need to make partnerships and they need to have working, you know, 
you know, the working products and this stuff. It's like, that just reminds me of the dot-com bubble and how disastrous that was because a lot of people were investing in things that were, were crap. And they were just because there were companies that were going to supposedly do better in the future. It's the, re- yeah, it's but the if, reason. But if you don't talk about that, then people just keep do- launching ICOs that do nothing and then people keep investing in them. So you need to talk about it. Like, hey, it's been a year. Where the fuck is your product? And then enough of those don't have product. People are like, this is th- we got to stop investing in this stuff. Like, like that's when the bubble pops is when people it, like that tipping point of people realize we've been giving away money and no one's been producing anything. Yeah, I think that I mean, I just I think that when when we started playing this game like it was the New York Stock Exchange, that's when like red flags should have gone up. Oh, like, yeah. We're, we're not anywhere near that yet. And we probably shouldn't be. I mean, I mean, well, here, not- so here's the thing. If I, if I can figure out, if I can find somebody to build this idea of a currency that I think that has inflation taken in and this and that, and, and keeps it relative and, and the goal is to keep it relatively stable and have it have proof of timed work versus proof of works. So that way anybody in the world can, can, you know, run it as long as they want with the least amount of energy as possible. I, I would not want it to be on exchanges because I wouldn't want people to treat it as a commodity. I would want people to use it. And so focus, instead of trying to get it on exchanges, anybody can, can run it on their computer and, and earn it. So I wouldn't want people well, to, I wouldn't want yeah. people to like buy it with Bitcoin or something like that. I want people to actually mine it and invest their time and energy and like grow it and then start using it as a currency. Like I don't want people to turn around and go buy no. it with a credit card. That defeats the whole purpose to me. But there's there's no as if it's something that you can own and that you can transfer, then there's going to be a way for people to sure. trade it, and that's just the way it works. But no, I think there's a way around that, and that's you 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 create a service that isn't that doesn't have a token that doesn't have a cryptocurrency and i mean like we're we're i'm grateful that coinbase doesn't have its own token i mean that would that would be that would be weird to me although binance has one and their plan is eventually to not have one but yeah i mean i it's you know hashgraph is an example of of a, a a network it's not a blockchain i guess but it's a network and it doesn't have a currency associated with it right uh, I don't know too much about Hashgraph. We'll we'll look into it so we can talk about it in a future episode. But it's like one of those alternative solutions that is not cryptocurrency, but it has the same network solutions that blockchain sure. has. Sure, yeah, but eventually we need to get to a point where we figure out currency. There needs to be a currency. Okay, well, how about this then? I mean, like right now, okay, so... Let me stop here for a second. And if if you haven't been invested in in crypto, you know, for the last couple of years, or if you if you don't know what we're talking about about at all, here's the thing, right? So so cryptocurrency was invented as a as a, as almost like a as an an idealistic way of replacing yeah. cash. You know, like we need internet money, we need digital money more than we need fiat currency. Like we, yeah. this is where the future is going. And then just like we were talking about with Ethereum, uh, there were all of these altcoins that came along and they all were kind of trying to do the same thing as Bitcoin. But Bitcoin being decentralized, not having an owner, not having a president, which is a really hard concept to grasp if you're not used to it, is to think like there's nobody in charge of Bitcoin except the people who own it. 
that's kind of a that's kind of an advanced concept but if you can if you can understand that then you can probably understand where all the other altcoins come from when they actually do have presidents and they do have owners and they do have teams it kind of becomes like these little yeah. businesses that start up and their little token is almost like if you own a token it's almost like owning stock but not in really. their company and this is like yeah. but but no not really it it's it's like that and they treat it like that and there's exchanges which are technically not we we don't even, we don't even call them exchanges legally we call them trading yeah. platforms in the US because exchanges are are regulated here but um so i mean as soon as there is something that can be owned that you can actually say this is my this is this is my part of this company or this is my representation of whatever then there's going to be uh, people who want to trade it for for other currencies or even for US dollars so what happens is we get this kind of fucked up system where there's cryptocurrency is yeah it is that idealistic currency of the future but it also is the way of fundraising these companies that have different purposes and sometimes they're applications and sometimes they're i mean they're yeah. sometimes they're gambling gambling games. sites you know they this. could be, it I mean, could be like anything crypto kitties so, i mean yeah. if you're not familiar so, with crypto you you may have heard of crypto kitties it's just these digital cats that you have on your computer that people are paying up to a million dollars for that you can breed on the blockchain well and and that, and so that's an example of a game. And like you know, and 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 we talked, uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of blogs and stuff talked about how detrimental that was because it was something that wasn't serious. But at the same time, it addressed a problem that that blockchain had a solution for, and that was intellectual property. And who owns, yeah. you know, who owns this part of this growing game? So it was it was an interesting question. But the thing is, is it wasn't related to money at all, except that it, you know, you could own something that was inflated beyond yeah. beyond you know comprehension um, but it wasn't it wasn't what was solving the problem with debt in our world it wasn't solving the problem with of like you know the banking industry and stuff like that so it's just like it's come a long way and it's kind of hard to grasp it all but if you can imagine what what having a new money in the world would do if nobody could regulate it and that's kind of what's going on it's like fundraising becomes something that anybody can do for any purpose and and it kind of gets out of control. So imagine, I mean, if you if you remember or you know anything about the dot com bubble, it was pe not people not understanding the technology, not understanding the internet, not understanding the way websites work. And if you were associated, if you had a business that was associated with the internet, yeah. you could get money, you could get fundraising, you could get stuff. If you did nothing, if you had a website, if you did like absolutely nothing at all, but you owned a domain name or if you had an email address even, you know, or something like that, um, then then you could get money. But and luckily, that's what a lot of people are doing luckily, today. And that's what's causing it to be a bubble. Enough people in but, crypto were also involved in the dot-com bubble. So cooler heads are prevailing at some point, And I feel like we're... we're coming to grips with that sooner and and this bear market is actually i think beneficial in a sense is because a lot of people are like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. let's not you know recreate the dot-com bubble right away let's not you know have a complete disaster we're gonna have bear markets we're gonna have markets but like let's not get stupid and that's why a lot if you follow any kind of crypto news sites 
you know, over the last few weeks, they've been, they've been, they, they keep putting out these articles like, all right, now it's, it's, you know, end of July and we've already had more money invested in ICOs than all of 2017 combined. And we're only seven months through the year. So, you know, that's good and bad, wow. especially it's, it's, it's good in the sense that people are being interested in these new Where ideas and projects, but it's bad because the market cap is really low right now. And that means that the vast majority of people have left the market during the, during the bear market. So where is it coming from? Like, so is it just rich people investing, you know, where is in, that in money? random <laughs> stuff? And yeah, where did it go? And maybe that's a good thing. And maybe, maybe, maybe the people who have all the right now investing in these projects and potentially losing it all is a yeah. good thing. Cause it's, it's, it's getting, it's, it's bleeding them dry a little bit and having it, you know, diversify throughout the people. And, you know, that's a little bit commie socialist of me to say that, but, you know, it's like, it's not good to have accrued wealth in the hands of, of a few. No. Like, that's not good for society that's, in any way. It's kind of what, you know, what Bitcoin was created to fight. So, I mean, like, purpose. I mean, like, yeah. we, 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 there are so many parallels to the that dot com bubble, but at the same time, Bitcoin was born out of the 2008 housing crisis which was a different different bubble a different type of bubble but still a bubble yeah. Um, yeah and so i think that one of the things that we try to do on this show is kind of separate the issues and talk about and talk about you know what what we really need in order for things to succeed and then also these other phenomena like you know like like having having organizations with lots of money that are also responsible for cryptocurrencies that have nothing to do with adoption. They just have to do with a new industry. And the new industry is going to be a good thing, but it's very different from, hey, let's let's have a decentralized currency that isn't controlled by a government. Well, that's very, very different than, say, let's have a video game where, uh, you know, it's open source and everybody can own a piece of it. I mean, that's a very, very yeah. different thing. Um, I mean, the other option is, so, so, I mean, we have two options that are on the table and I don't see a third option. Um, and if you think of a third option and you're listening or JJ, if you have one, let me know. But so the first option is we create a currency that is better than Bitcoin. And it's, so it's not treated as a store of value. It's actually treated like a currency. Um, and that becomes adopted worldwide. And people and everybody accepts it. Everybody uses it. It's it's the same across the world. Or everybody, every country has their own fiat blockchain, crypt, like cryptocurrency, through their government. And then you have a company like Stellar that uh, converts it in real time anywhere in the world. So you don't have to wait for. Like, cause that's pretty much what Stellar's doing is, is so if I, you know, I want to send 10 bucks to JJ and he's in Germany, it automatically converts it for the cheapest amount possible instantaneously, or like, you know, within two seconds, that's the purpose of Stellar. And so, so, you know, because the, the joke is if you want to send more than $10,000 down to Brazil, it's cheaper to get in a, in a, in a plane and fly it down there with you mm-hmm. because it costs so much money and takes so much time to uh, send money internationally. So that's what Stellar is achieving. So that's the other option is all the fiats, all the governments have their own fiat cryptocurrency. And then we just have something like Stellar that converts it for us. 
So those are the two options in my mind. And if it's the and if it's a second, then the government will control it, just like they control fiat right now. Um, it'll be their cryptocurrency, and it's not going to be technically a blockchain. It's going to be a database, and they're gonna and they're gonna have control over it, and they're gonna have control over the inflation and deflation, and you know they'll have coders constantly forking it. Yeah, and you know and. I, I mean, the, I the only other thing that I can think of is that there's not going to be just one of those. There's going to be many of those, and there are going to be several different governments that operate them. Because I don't think that I I don't think well, governments are probably not going to want to give up their national fiat currencies. Yeah, and so those are going to exist, and there are going to be places in the world that are that are totalitarian or or whatever, just have a lot of laws that that make it so that it's very very difficult to use anything except their national currency and then if you and if you have if you have a, a a sort of international remittance cryptocurrency like stellar um in place that is regulated and controlled by one government uh, i don't know there's probably going to be other governments that want to have that same control just like just like western union you know there are that's regulated in the united states and in Europe and stuff, but it's like, it's there. There's MoneyGram. There's uh, you know, there's there's several different ways to send wire transfers. That's probably what it will be like. At least, at least, in the future that we can understand. And that's one of the yeah. things I really like about cryptocurrency is, is it forces me to think of things that kind of can't exist in the world that we live in now. And it's like, that's what's really awesome. Is like we don't really have any clue what this is going to be like in the future. Exactly, and this could—I exactly. mean, this could be so disruptive that even governments could fall apart over this, you know. And like that could be a good and bad thing. I mean, it could be a—it could be something that forces the world to take another look at the way we've been dealing with this for the past few hundred years. Well, and it's and happening like, in Turkey right now mm -hmm. with the lira. Apparently, the lira is dropping in value, and everyone's throwing their lira into Bitcoin right now and the value of the currency is dropping even faster no, because everyone's so converting to bitcoin <laughs> and so like so. that's i think <laughs> now that people have an international option that isn't the u.s dollar people are using it. people are jumping on it people are excited that they're not tied down to their own country's currency and that's why i think that people are going to slowly stop using their government's money as soon as possible because you don't want to be you don't want to be tied to the hands of a dictator. So Trump whether you like him or not, he's having an effect on the US dollar and the relationship with other countries. So if your money is in is all in the US dollar and it starts to increase or decrease, you don't want to have to worry about who's in charge at that moment. And with cryptocurrency, you don't really have to you're it's at the you're at the whim of the market you're at the whim of the of the people and i think like once everybody is involved in it it's going to be less volatile less up and downs but especially with a currency yes, that takes in, uh, inflation into account it's going to be even less volatile and so i think the volatility will level out as the market cap grows because